Welcome back to the weekly Zohar study. Today we will be learning the Parsha of Beshalach. I'd like to dedicate this class to my daughter, Ora Alia Mehashemna. Always guide her and protect her in her life and in everything that she does. It kashru to the Sadiqim. We hear it so mifanecha Hashem lokein ruhevatenu. Then in Schur Rabbi Shimon Baruchai, the Ariya Kadosh and Moshe Rabbeinu, we will be able to draw down the Chochmah, the Bina, and the Da'at, the wisdom, understanding, and consciousness of the teachings of the Holy Zohar so we can integrate them fully into our lives and be worthy vessels to receive Hashem's great light and blessing. You can follow along in the text provided. In this week's portion, there's a tremendous amount of teachings in the Zohar that discuss Malchut, which is the divine feminine. The Zohar refers to Malchut as the Shekhinah, the Nukva, and the Matonita, which means the divine queen. The concept of the divine feminine is one that was originally introduced in the Talmud as the Shekhinah, the divine presence in the world. But then the Zohar took this concept and developed it much further as we're going to see today when we explore different themes connected to Malchut in today's text. Let's get started. This is verse 238 in Beshalach. Rabbi Abba said, Adam emerged from male and female, meaning the from zero and pin and nukva. This is what is written. Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Therefore, the male and female were made united and then they were separated from each other afterwards. So they were saying how basically Adam and Eve were back to back and then later they were separated and they were each individuals afterwards when Hashem separated them. But then you could say, why does it say from the earth he was taken? Meaning there this is to say that that um, Adam wasn't made from the masculine and feminine of the divine, but rather made from the earth. So he's saying, yep, so that's definitely the case. So he's saying the earth is the nukva. The earth is parallel to Malchut. And um, the Holy One, blessed be he, was her partner in creating Adam. So these are the male and the female that were mentioned when it says Hashem made man in our likeness, and it is all one thing. Okay, now we're going to explore Beshach verse 415. Vezivuga dilhun umidbarchan kol shitayomin that night is the joy of the queen with the king, and they're uniting, and all the six days are blessed, each one on its own. Therefore, a person must prepare his table on Shabbat night, so that the blessings from above will, will dwell upon him. And a blessing is not present on an empty table. So 
So therefore, those dollars who know the secret, they have intimate union with their spouses only on Shabbat night. So this is a verse in the Zohar that talks about how because on Friday night, there is a union between the divine masculine and the divine feminine, Zeran Pina Mahut, it's considered a blessed time for a husband and wife to, to have union. We're going to explore this concept. One of the most remarkable innovations of Kabbalah's teachings is that the divine attributes can have a yichud, that they can join in a union similar to a yichud, a union of a man and woman on earth. And that the result of this union is creation of new life and creation of a flow of energy to the universe. So basically, Kabbalah emphasizes that that supernal archetype that exists in the divine realm are being reflected here in the physical realm. So just like in the physical world, the, the union between a husband and wife aren't constant, so too in the supernal world. And that's why Kabbalah teaches us about the concept of Neset Israel, which is another name for Malchut, and it's connected to the Jewish people. Knesset means congregation of Israel. That the Jewish people have a unique relationship with Malchut and are linked with Malchut in, in that their avoda, their acts of holy service, like prayer and mitzvot and Torah learning have a spiritual impact which activates and prepares her for union with their Anpin. So as you'll see in many in many Jewish homes, there's the minhag to refer to Zeranpin and Malchu during Shabbat because it's a time of union. And especially Certain prayers, as you'll find in like Kabbalah 60 doing, will have this kavanah, this prayer that said before formal prayers or before Torah learning or before Kiddush or before doing the mitzvah. And it's the prayer of the Shem Yichud for the sake of the union of Kuchavrihu, which is Zerampin, the divine male masculine and and shrimte, which is malchut. So it's very much a core idea in Kabbalah that through our physical actions in this world, we're creating union in the upper world. We're creating yichudim. Okay, Beshalach verse 221. Now we're going to explore some themes of what is the role of malchut and how does malchut get expressed. In this particular parsha, there's a lot of reference to Malchut because in this Parsha of Veshalach is the time of the splitting of the Red Sea. It's the time of the exodus of the Jewish people from Egypt when Hashem made all the tremendous miracles, the, the, the highest peak moment of revelation being at the splitting of the Red Sea, where it says that they were able to see the revelation of God and that everyone was at such a high level of consciousness, higher than any prophet at that point in time, because of the revelation that they experienced. And then after the revelation, the entire nation sang a song in unison, which is what this this particular section is going to discuss. Okay, Veshalach verse 221. So it's written Hashira, which means this song in the feminine, but it should have said Shir Zed, this song in the masculine. So he asks, why is that the case? So he answers, Ela Shirata but this is the song which the queen praises the king. So they're saying 
that when the Jewish people uh, were singing to Hashem, it was really Malchut expressing her praises to Zeranpin, to the king. The queen being Malchut and the king being Zeranpin. And that Moses said from below to above, as it has already been explained to Hashem. So they're singing the song to Hashem. So the Malchut is singing the song to Hashem because Hashem, the king, has welcomed her. Rabbi Yossi said, all these meshachin, uh, meshachin means ointments, but what it means is lights, like spiritual lights that flow to her. The holy king poured to her, therefore the queen praised him. So here we see parallels between the Jewish nation and Malchut, that they're saying that when the Jewish people were praising Hashem for saving them at the splitting of the Red Sea, it was like the queen praising Hashem for all the lights. The lights represents blessings, revelation, redemption that that flowed down to them. Verse 222. So Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda said, if this is the case, that this is the song of the queen to the king, so why does it say Moses and the children of Israel? So he's 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 questioning this, this premise that this is a song from the queen. And he's saying, but it says in the Torah, it was Moses and the children of Israel. The ha-matornita baya the shepchei, seeing that it is for the queen to praise. Rather, blessed is the portion of Moshe and Israel. For they knew how to praise the king for the queen's sake in the proper manner. Because she inherited all her strength and might from the king. Okay, so... This is a really good section to understand what is the role of Malchut. Malchut is a Mikabel. It's a recipient of Hashem's energy. It's feminine is Mikabel. Feminine receives. It has no light of its own energy of its own and receives, and it receives the divine energy from Zeranpin, which is the masculine, the Mashpia the provider. So Zeranpin, when we refer to Zeranpin, we're referring to the aspect of Hashem, which is connected to the sixth lower sephirot of Chesed, Gevorah, Tiferet, Netzachot, and Yesod. And so just like female can give birth to new souls and the Malchut also is, 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 a, is representing as the giver of, uh, as the creator of new souls, new worlds that come out of her as after developing the seed that's within her that comes through, through Zerapim, through the masculine. So Malchut is feminine in the way that she's able to give life. Let's continue with another theme. Verse 148. Man derech So the question here, who is it that is called the way to the tree of life. So he answers, this is the great queen. The great queen, meaning Malchut. So Malchut is the path to the great strong tree. They're called the tree of life. The tree of life is another symbolic way of saying Zerampin. Verse 150. Another thing we're going to explore is that um, the queen is the messenger of all. Verse 150. It says, this is the gate to Hashem into which the righteous shall enter. 
Every mission that the king desires goes forth from the house of the queen. So they're connecting the dots between what is this gate to Hashem through the, the gate through which you can access Hashem, that gate is Malchut. Every mission from the low, from the king, first enters before the queen, and from there it goes to the king. So Malchut is really the interface between the universe and Hashem. So in actuality, the queen is the messenger for all, both from below upwards and from above downwards. Therefore, she is the messenger of all. This is what is written, the angel of Elohim went before the camp of Israel. So they're connecting the dots here, where when the Jewish people came out of Egypt, they had the angel of God in front of them, guiding them. So they're saying here that the Malach Elohim here is really referring to Hashem, that a Malach is the messenger, and that the messenger that escorted the Jews out of Egypt was Malchut. And that Israel, when it says Israel, it's referring to Zeranpin. This is what is written about him where it says, and Hashem went before them by day and night that they might go by day and night. So this is about the cloud of glory that was with them in the daytime and then the pillar of fire that was with them at night. So they're saying that Malchut was really the representative for Hashem in the world when um, she was escorting the Jewish people. Okay, verse 152. So the Holy One, blessed be He, and His great affection and love for the congregation of Israel, it placed everything in her jurisdiction. Amar he said, all the rest are considered as nothing compared to her. He said, there are 60 queens and my dove is but one. What shall I do for her? I will give her all my house will be in her hand. The king made an announcement. From now on, all the matters of the king would be given over into the hands of the queen. So we see here that Hashem is giving a tremendous amount of authority to Malchut, that all interactions that are between Hashem and the world have to go through Malchut, that Malchut is the interface between the physical and the spiritual. Obviously, this is all like symbolic language, but it's trying to emphasize the role, the important role that Malchut plays. Verse 153. So the king said, from now on, my wars are given over into your hand. My weapons and my soldiers shall be in your hand. From now on, you will guard me. As it is written, he who keeps Israel. So they're saying here that Mahlud is sort of like the filter that blocks out anything that comes uh, towards Hashem. From now on, whoever needs me will not be able to talk to me until he notifies the queen. 
this is very bold this this whole idea of Malchut's being sort of like the intermediary to be able to talk to Hashem. Very, very bold statement here. This is what is written with Zot. With, uh, with Zot is a feminine. Shall Aaron come into the holy place? Zot ref- is referring to Malchud. That she is the representative of the king in everything as we have established. So we find that everything is in her hands. This is the honor of the queen. And this is why it says in the angel Elohim moved as we have. Now we're going to explore a little further the traditional expression of Malchu, which is called the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah is a term that we first saw in the Talmud, which represents Hashem's presence in the world. And we'll see how the Zohar takes it a little bit further than that. B'Shalach verse 476. So now they're saying, what is, what is the meaning of the verse in this week's Parsha when the Jews were at, at the, the splitting of the sea? And it says there, and they saw the Elohim of Israel. So this was the time when Hashem was revealed to Bnei Israel in all of his glory. This was the climax of the Exodus experience after all of the miracles and wonders that Hashem did for the Jews in Egypt. There was a grand revelation of Hashem at the sea. So they're asking, how is it possible? How is it possible that you could see the Kuchavrechu, that you could see Hashem? Because later on we learn in Shema, when Hashem gives the Torah, it says, but for no man shall see me and live. And here it says, and they saw, it actually says that they saw Hashem. Rather, rather the rainbow was revealed to them in illuminating colors. So we have learned that whoever gazes upon the rainbow, it's as though he gazes upon the Shekhinah, and it is prohibited to gaze upon the Shekhinah. Okay, let's explore this a little bit. So we know that Malchut is the Shekhinah. It's the divine presence expressed in the world. It's, it's also the interface where the physical interacts with the spiritual. So therefore, any experience with God is channeled through Malchut. Well, what does this actually mean? So the Zohar is, is trying to, you know, use symbolic language and analogies to give us examples of how Malchut manifests and the impact of Malchut in the world. But in essence, it's the, it's really, Malchut is really about the awareness that you can infuse godliness and also higher consciousness into anything and everything that exists, whether physical, expression or emotional your 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 feelings or mental your your ideas or any or any any concepts anything it could basically be expressed in anything in the world so we know that malchut is really the interface it's the channel for communication for the divine energy flowing into world, the world and that's why we said earlier that's why speech is very much connected to the sephira of malchut because it's connected to expression. It's it's where 
the, the infinite becomes finite and where the intangible becomes tangible. So it's really about expression. So that's why speech is so powerful as an opportunity for us to, to connect to Malchut with Zerampin and, and as we said before, that is our voda. That's our holy service. I'd like to just unpack this. Obviously, there's so much more that we can say about Malchut, and there's so much more that the Zohar has to say about Malchut. But I thought it was this was a good section for us to unpack this a little bit because there's so many teachings in this particular parsha about Malchut. It's it's everywhere. I'd like to share just a little bit that when I started learning Kabbalah over 20 years ago, that one of the things that I was most drawn to in the Zohar is the depth of the teachings around the concept of Malchut and the divine feminine. Since as a woman in modern times, I was so excited to see that in this ancient tradition that we have, that, that there is an important place for the feminine and that in the Zohar, the feminine takes center stage. So much of how... I grew up and how I related to Hashem before learning the Zohar was through the prism of referring to Hashem and the masculine as a he. And I think that's mainly stemming from the fact that the Torah itself uses the masculine in referring to Hashem and not the feminine. And as you'll we'll see as we continue to learn the Zohar, the different names of Hashem are connected to different aspects of Hashem's different attributes, including the feminine. So there's so much here to unpack. But I think for today, what we can take away from our learning about Mahud is maybe asking ourselves a few questions for contemplation and reflection. How can you relate to Hashem through the feminine aspects of the divine? What does that actually mean to you? How would that be different for you from connecting to Hashem in the masculine? Mahud represents the divine queen, the Matronita, as we read, but it also represents the divine mother. So how does that resonate for you as opposed to relating to Hashem as the divine father of Avinu Malkenu, our father, our king? So what associations will come up for you? Like, I know for me, a big part of what resonates for me is the energy of nurturing, of trust, of comfort, of surrender, of vulnerability. Those are the associations that I have when I think of Malchut and the divine feminine. So Malchut is also deeply connected to the physical world, to earth, to nature. And it makes me think of like, what are ways that we can connect to Malchut and connect to Hashem through nature? And whenever we we connect to the Sefirot, we're always, our goal is always to connect directly to Hashem. These are just like different colors, different prisms through which we connect to Hashem. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to connect to is ultimately Hashem, not to the Sefirot. How do you think this teaching can impact your perspective also on relationships between men and women, which is one of the things that we discussed earlier about how the union of the masculine feminine on the physical world is mirroring that union that's happening in the spiritual world. So there's a lot to think about here. And obviously we will continue to explore these ideas as we continue to learn the Zohar. And this is definitely a core teaching and concept in the Zohar that is very innovative and very bold. I'd love to hear your thoughts. would love to hear your comments or questions about the learning you've been doing. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share 
with your friends and family and feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as that will help it grow. I want to thank you all for listening and I hope that you enjoyed today's learning.